0: there you go um a lot of respect towards coach venables at oklahoma but still going to be really good football game um he's about as light-spoken and um, respectful as the coach you're going to hear out there and he knows that they're going to come in like this is the game kansas state wants right They wouldn't pick to lose beforehand. I'm not saying that, but they probably feel like they're in the perfect spot to come in and beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma coming off of a road win over Nebraska, a lot put into that game, kind of a coming-out party for OU offensively, defensively, uh, feeling good, coming back home, comfortable at home, night game, Like, this is, like, they're coming off of a loss. I mean, not played well. Like, they would obviously want to win the game beforehand, but this is where they feel like they can come in a little bit under the radar.
1: Well, way to scare everyone, because in 2020, what they lost to Arkansas State, they were a a 27-and-a-half-point dog, trailed by 21 two different times and still found a way brought, to win like, the game. Brought, like, three
0: guys down uh, <laughs> to play the game. It, was, it took a minivan.
1: It was 11-on-3 at times in that game. It was. No, I would be interested in – and I don't, I don't think that that's wrong, but I would be interested in hearing the honest assessment from Chris Kleiman on, okay, well, the same way that you're going to try to win on Saturday is the same way that you tried to beat Muleshoes' OU teams. Like, how much more difficult now with the blueprint of OU – is it going to be trying to beat OU in a certain way than what it was previously, if that makes sense?
0: Well, it's all about Oklahoma's defense. If Oklahoma's defense is, in fact, improved like we think they are and continues to play as consistent as they have, that's the real difference, right? You know, you should be able to get some stops Against offenses across the country, like you should be able to, like I, they're going to get some stops against OU's offense on Saturday. The question is, are you going to be good enough offensively yourself to be able to take advantage of those, of those, um, you know, possessions you get where you were able to hold them and have a chance to to take a lead or, you know, cut the lead in half or maybe even go ahead. Or do you continue to get stymied by Oklahoma's defense? Like that's,
1: yeah,
0: that's the thing. Have, have we have we really improved? Like I I don't think right now offensively we've been on the level of what Oklahoma has consistently been over the last five years. Not yet. We're close, but we're not quite there yet.
1: Here's another win. So the difference. Yeah. Go go ahead with that. Go no, ahead. I'll, I'll, no, go ahead. Uh, and I'll I was going to
0: say that the, the the difference right now is that. We look decidedly better defensively and on special teams. I and, and we don't know those things for sure, but if those two things hold true, that's that's where it's going to be. Bec- that's where it's going to become really difficult to actually pull the up- upset on Oklahoma. Yeah, and, and, if and that's those what two I'm facets saying of is- the game. Are actually better. I
1: wonder if Chris Kleiman's watching film this week and being like, ooh, not saying that we can't win this game, but this ain't the same old Oklahoma, the, the thought that we have. I would guess that that would probably be the thought that he has. Uh, what I was going to say, though, is here's another game, by the way, and I'm not overly concerned with it, nor should anybody else be, but you're going to have to play well to beat Kansas State on Saturday, and you will get no credit whatsoever if you do exactly that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's, I think there's some truth to that, which is fine. Who cares? We don't need credit. No, you don't. No, there's, you don't need credit, uh, four games into the season. But if you beat K State like you should and beat TCU like you should and beat Texas like you should, like at some point, everyone's going to say, okay, well, yeah, um, they are who we thought they were. Well, I guess they aren't who we thought they were. A 7-5 and five team, as some people picked them. Uh, middle of the road in the Big 12, I remember that Baylor guy picked them to be like, what, they haven't finished in 6th or 7th in the conference? Oh, yeah. Something like that. Um, so, yeah, if, if you just continue to win, I, you don't need anyone's praise in week 4 of the season. But if you do what, what we think they can, they're going to continue to uh to get better and better.
1: ESPN had an article today, like, basically previewing the top games of the weekend. And I, a little bit naive of me, I said, oh, okay, cool. I'm interested ia little bit to see what they have to say about OU Kansas State. I might hate it, like most of the things that they write. but Nonetheless, I'm interested to see what ESPN thinks of OU Kansas State. And I scroll down. I'm like, all right, there's Clemson and Wake, okay. Uh, here's Florida and Tennessee, all right. Yeah, uh, Wisconsin at Ohio State, I'm surprised that that's on there, but okay. Yeah, here's Duke at KU. Uh, Arkansas at AM, no doubt going to be an exciting game, and then the, the article ends. I'm like, oh, I, I, I guess I thought that this was a bigger – maybe it's just because of the kickoff <laughs> time, but I guess the entire country does not care one bit about this game after K-State lost to Tulane at home last week.
0: Yeah, that was frustrating. They should not have lost to Tulane. Although Tulane, did you watch any of that game?
1: I re-watched it yesterday, and K-State was what? On third down, 2 of 15, or on fourth down, 1 of 5. So combined, they were 3 of 20 on third and fourth down. Beautiful.
0: I'll, I'll tell you right now, man. Tulane.
1: Uh, Don't do it again. I'm making
0: no prediction. Making no predictions on what they're going to do the rest of the season.
1: Cotton, don't know. Don't ball.
0: care. But they played really, really, really good defense against Kansas State. And they've got some players on that side of the ball. They've got uh, they've got an edge guy. they got a linebacker that's really – actually, they've got two linebackers that are really good. They tackled insanely good, especially on Deuce Vaughn. Um, they made it really tough for him to get out and get rolling. I They they put some really good stuff on film. I was uh, really
1: impressed with okay. them. Okay, can you, like, carry the show for the next four minutes while I find Tulane's next game and take the money line on the other side? Can you do that real <laughs> quick? Because <laughs> we hey, said the exact same thing last year, and almost Ole, uh, Ole Miss put up, like, 70 on them.
0: I know. Listen to this, though because I was just trying to see where we stood as far as uh, in the country defensively and I was I was shocked to see through three games two lanes defense is giving up 220 yards a game and 6.7 points a game they're like number 7 in the country I'm
1: trying to figure out the best offense they faced between UMass 6 in the country Al- Alcorn State and Kansas State Who's the best offense? Kansas Tulane. State. <laughs> Close with UMass, Kansas though. Kansas State. I mean, come on. Now, there it is. Uh, well, Southern hey, Miss. I mean, uh, Tulane's got Southern Miss at home, and Tulane's a 12 and a point favorite. I'm going to hammer the money line on Southern Miss on this game. If I learned my lessons from last yeah, year.
0: You probably should. Even though Southern Miss has one of the worst football programs in the entire country at any level. Shockingly bad. It Unless is, maybe they've gotten better all of a sudden. They weren't they've
1: been horrible. They didn't look a whole lot better last year, uh, after the OU game, that's for sure. I um and, and text Line help us out with, with this one. 405-651-3439. You know, there there was a at at one time a talking point this offseason of, well, I mean, I like Dylan Gabriel, but he's never played in front of a crowd like he's going to in Lincoln, Nebraska. With 90,000 people. Yeah. Hell, he ain't seen an environment like OU Texas before, 92,000 the Cotton Bowl. How's he going to respond to an atmosphere like that? And it just kind of got me down the rabbit hole of things that we thought this offseason that have already proved to be untrue or that the jury is still out. And text line, if you like, mm-hmm. have one of those that you thought in January or you still have a thought from the off season that hasn't been unanswered, text him in, and I want to explore some of those. I, I have a few here, and the first one was recruiting. And I'll be honest, like, when we had the, the initial conversations of Brent Venables being hired, I love the hire just like everyone else, but you asked me what my one concern is, and my one concern is, well, will he be able to get elite players in? And, what, eight, nine months later, however long it's been, that one that one's already been proven to be – inaccurate by me i mean yes he's going to be able to get the players here
0: yeah um i think a a, a lot of talk was about defensively we're going to be we're going to really struggle because of losing uh all three of our top producing defensive linemen yep Benito, um, uh, and, and, uh, why am I drawing a blank? Did you you say Nick Benito already? Oh, okay. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. 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 Losing all three of those guys, you know, the, the prevailing thought was like, we were going to be really struggling on the, on the D line and, I think the D-line has probably been the strongest aspect of the entire team up to this they're point.
1: definitely better than last year. The defensive line is the best position group on the yep. team right now. So, yeah, there's two things that we thought initially, like, eh, we'll see. And it didn't take well, long at all to prove that they're, that it's better than it was previously.
0: Here, here's the thing, and I'm making no prediction on what happens in this football game. But, you know, just like we've kind of been able to say – this, is, this will be by far not even close the best offensive line that they've faced. So like, this is a real good test to see where they actually are. Like, if, if Grimes is still like dominating, holding point, winning on the pass rush, uh, Isaiah Cole holding point on the inside, penetrating, like, if that continues this week against Kansas State, you can you can look around. You can feel very confident that you're going to get that level of play throughout the rest of the Big Twelve because this is a this is a, a pretty salty offensive line for Kansas State. Be-
1: Athletic best offensive line, best individual player that you faced, best defensive line. I'll just say the the best defense as a whole, uh, the best yeah. coaching staff, and maybe even the best helmets that you faced too. You like. Uh, KSU's helmets? I think I like I'm an anti-white helmet guy I actually think I still like Nebraska's helmets a little bit more. I like the classic look there. But I do like K-State's I think the logo's cute.
0: Am I wrong or did K-State wear some crappy white helmet last week? Someone wore a white helmet that typically does not wear a white helmet
1: Uh, I think Kansas State does have some alternates that, that are white Yeah, I think that's right
0: it was whoever did it it was crappy and I feel like it was Kansas State yeah they wore they wore white helmets last week. their helmets aren't always white are they
1: No they are uh, silver silver and purple yeah that's what I thought with the power yeah they were white last week on the side
0: what are the chances their fan base is saying? I hate those white helmets. We lost to Tulane. we never win in those.
1: I think all 15 of their they, fans are, all are fan saying all e- the same? All 15 of their fans are saying exactly that right now. Yeah, they are. Um, all right, let, let's get to some more of these texts. By the way, the the talking point of Dylan Gabriel's not going to know how to throw a football on the road in front of tough environments. Can we go ahead and say that that's proven to be wrong? Are we all ready to say no. that? Or am I going to get the few texts that say, he's terrible?
0: Well, I... I don't. I think uh, not enough information given.
1: Uh, you don't think enough information was given with ninety thousand people there that were screaming, and he shut them up with a sixty-one yard touchdown run. You, you of a
0: sixty-one yard touchdown, what? Run. Run. Not a pass. A run.
1: Just saying. Okay. Now you, you're not giving him enough credit. Teddy still thinks there's a chance he might not be able to remember how to throw a football in the Cotton Bowl. So just everyone write that down. Write that down. We'll revisit it in a few weeks. I'm just saying
0: 59% completion against Nebraska. Uh,
1: Text line, only concern I have once he got the staff together and seeing the names is how long he can hold them together. Someone is going to come calling for Levy, and most likely Bates, eh, sooner than later it's looking like. Yeah. It said Chavez, and I was like, that's not right. I, almost, I had a brain fart, Chavez, They spelled it Chavez. They're trying to throw me off.
0: Julio Cesar Chavez, <laughs> the yeah. boxer?
1: Yeah. John Arnold says, I thought the offensive line would be undisciplined and give up a lot of yards due to penalties. I was wrong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Voice of the Oklahoma Sooners, Toby Rowland, chimed in and said, "DG did struggle throwing the football in Lincoln."
1: I don't think that he said that. I think you're making that up.
0: No, he did. Did he? He did. Hmm. Yeah.
1: I thought Dan Lanning. Sixteen of sixteen of twenty-seven. Tyler just saying. I thought Dan Lanning would be the better hire. LOL. I'm glad it's Brent now. There was the one person that was doubting the hire. I didn't think that the we had that person.
0: Well. There was, there was a lot of landing folks out there, and they, it looked troublesome after the Georgia game, but I think we understand where Georgia is right now, and that was a nice bounce-back win against BYU. BYU's a tough football team, man, and they dominated.
1: Camo Sooner said it's a my, big time win. my concern going into the year was missed tackles. So far, it's been a non-issue, a complete non-issue.
0: Complete non-issue. They've practiced it. They've, I mean, emphasized it daily in practice. Still do. It's shown up on the field.
1: Uh, one more. They're asking about the updates, the progress about Kobe McKenzie. And you know, I've seen him dressed out, but he's not getting much run at all right now.
0: No, 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 no. no. It, I, I think he's. I think he's gotten better since he's been here. Um, I think he's. I think spring ball was really difficult on him. Um, you know, you're stepping up a massive level in competition. Plus, you're now playing for like the most demanding coach um, that I've ever seen. There's a lot asked of you. It's just, it's not an easy spot. So, he's a freshman. I think he's, you know, he's he's grinding every day. I think he's with the scout team probably. Um, you know, he's I – wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about Kobe McKenzie until next spring to see if he starts making some moves at that point. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on here from Pryor's Pizza Kitchen in Goldsby.
1: There's more from K-State head coach Chris Kleiman. Uh, not feeling too great about Adrian Martinez at QB right now, our K-State fans. Speaking of QBs, I've got uh, three blind resumes through three games. I'm interested if you can tell me if any of these, who oh, any of these starting uh, yeah college football quarterbacks are right now. Uh, quarterback number one, 64 of 86 on the year. He's got 874 yards, eight touchdowns, zero interceptions. Quarterback number two is 60 for 101. 722 yards, two touchdowns, five interceptions. Quarterback two touchdowns, five interceptions. Yeah, uh-huh. <sighs> Quarterback number three is fifty-two of seventy-eight. 759 yards, seven touchdowns, no picks. Seven touchdowns, no picks. And these are all
0: across the country. Yes, all three starting quarterbacks. I think the first one you gave me is Caleb Williams. Correct. The second one you gave me, two touchdowns, five interceptions, 60 of one hundred and one. Uh, let me skip to the bottom one. All right, I think I think the last one is that. I think that's Dylan Gabriel, You're
1: right? The guy that can't throw. That's that's correct. Seven touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah, you got the you got the first one and the last one.
0: <laughs> okay, sixty for one hundred and one, two touchdowns and five interceptions.
1: Not a great year. <sighs> um. You're going to be pretty upset if you don't get this one. You're going to be really upset. I was,
0: oh, man. Give me one more hint.
1: Um, You should know exactly where I'm going with this by looking at the other two quarterbacks that are mentioned in this. Oh, Radler. Yeah, Radler. Two touchdowns, five interceptions thus far. 60 for 101, 722 yards. Now, yes, we've talked about it multiple times. Well, the offensive line he's playing behind isn't that great. I saw a stat today, and I'm going to go back and try and find it. And I do need to verify it, but it was someone that covers South Carolina was saying that he's actually has had the uh, the most time in the pocket this year. Like, he's actually getting better protection in passing situations than what is kind of being let no. on. He's just holding on to the ball a lot longer than, than people realize.
0: Well, um, I'm sure that's the case. But, I mean, they've already played a tough schedule. Um, and as to anyone out there thinking there may be some quit in that locker room, hell no.
1: Hell no, Come Phil. On, Phil! A lot of fight in that locker room. <laughs> what kind of question is that, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he is so animated. Uh, I love it when he gets. He's he's gotten mad a couple times in the past week at a press conference, and he's like, it, "It's like looking like his head moves like he's looking at a kid in the back seat. His kid's throwing a fit. in the, Like his head <laughs> is on a swivel, moves like that. Shut up! Uh-huh. I mean, it's it's really impressive. I'm very impressed by uh, Shane Beamer.
0: Get off the field. I hope
1: he was mic'd
0: up whenever he's screaming at all the female athletes to get off the field during the 50th anniversary of the uh, Title IX celebration. (laughs) Fantastic.
1: Uh, You know what it reminded me of when I saw that? And I wish he was uh, mic'd up like Mike Gundy was in that ESPNU documentary, but it definitely felt like... The band... (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: that was Shane Beamer without the uh, audio. That's what it
0: was. Oh uh, wow! Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It, it's hard to say with Radler because I haven't had a chance to really lock in and and watch them much. But
1: uh, he's playing college football next year.
0: Yeah. He's playing college football next year, but you know they've played Arkansas and Georgia, and you know they're they're going to have a tough schedule. It's just it's the nature of it. It's going to continue to be tough, but they got a couple of weeks to get things together. They play Charlotte, and then they play South Carolina State, and then they play they go to Kentucky, um, October eighth. So. They got a they got a chance to to get back uh, on the good side of things. Be three and two. Get their offense clipping a little bit before they uh, start another tough little yeah, run. Yeah, but like it needs Arkansas, to start. Arkansas, Georgia, both pretty salty. It is,
1: I mean, they, South Carolina's played probably the toughest schedule in all of college football. Not named Kent State up to this point. So yeah, e- yeah. Surely it'll let up a little bit, but. Man, you know, some transfer quarterbacks go somewhere else, and it's a great fit, and they just kind of hit the ground running and have a great year. Like, Caleb Williams has had a great start to his USC career. Obviously, Dylan Gabriel's had a really good start. Spencer Rattler just has, has not. And forget nope. about playing. I, I don't know if he has two more years of eligibility because of that COVID year, if that counts, but however many years of eligibility he has left, he might be playing those many years in in college football
0: yeah and it doesn't even look like I'm going back and looking at their opener against Georgia State he he didn't even play great in that game he threw two interceptions 23 of 37 227 or yeah 227 yards a touchdown and two interceptions which I guess I don't know how those two interceptions happened that could have been tip balls or something like that you never know but yeah, it hasn't been easy for him so far. Hopefully they get things right and get rolling. Um, got a couple of games where they can try and work out some kinks here. So, But
1: that's we'll a massive difference between uh, yeah. Caleb Williams, Dylan Gabriel, and Spencer Rattler thus far. But we'll see if Caleb Williams get, – get, he's got his toughest test. I think um, Rattler's already played his toughest test in Georgia. But yeah. Caleb Williams and Dylan Gabriel both have their toughest test on Saturday. Caleb at Oregon yeah. State, Dylan Gabriel at home against Kansas State.
0: Here's, here's, the, here's, here's the truth about those comparisons between those three quarterbacks. Caleb Williams and Dylan Gabriel have both played far easier schedules. Caleb Williams and Dylan Gabriel are both surrounded by better players
1: Right? No doubt. I, not, I mean, not close, uh, I mean, to be honest. So, I think
0: it will even out a little bit, but, you know, it is, you know, hey, you are what your production says you are, unfortunately, right? No one really cares uh, to give you the benefit of the doubt, but it's just kind of the nature of the Text beast.
1: Text line, it says, it still looks different coming out of his hand, though. And there was a time where, yeah, the Spencer Rattler craze was very, very high, and it's just—I I don't know—I there was a lot of excitement around him coming after coming out of his freshman year, and he did play well at the tail end of that year. He really did, and to see him mm-hmm. kind of seemingly regress in just about every area is is weird. And I—I I don't know if that's accurate well, or not, but it, it, that's what it feels like, and that's what it looks like. Well, number one, he.
0: His freshman year, he was playing with some really good players around him. Um, there's truth to that, but uh, it's he's human, and with what went down last year, it it had to take a toll on his self confidence, his self worth. you know how he feels about his true ability. I that was that could not have been an easy thing to go through for him. So he's probably he's he's probably kind of questioning things right now. But like I said, he's got a couple of weeks to hopefully figure some things out. But I, I bet I bet his confidence is is pretty down after what went do, what went on last year. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Pryor's Pizza here in Goldsby. you got to stop in. We'll have Thursday night football going on tonight. They're open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and it's just the best place to come hang out. You've got pickleball courts. You've got ping pong tables. You've got cornhole. Like, their cornhole layout is, it's got to be better than anyone in the state. It's unbelievable. They've got terraced uh, courts that are set out level with the the false grass. Really, really cool stuff here. Come see us at Pryor's Pizza Kitchen.
1: You know, what's funny is most years when, you know, OU wasn't getting a ton of national respect coming in the year and they finally start to get it around week three, there's like a, oh, see, finally, since now, yeah, yeah, okay, let's go. Start talking a little bit more about OU. I feel like this year and after everything that's happened, people are tell uh, don't want it to happen whatsoever. Telling Cowherd and no. Joel Klatt and everyone to shut up. Shut up.
0: Yeah. Um... Man, Georgia is good. They're giving up a whopping 3.3 points a game. Number one defense in college
1: football. They are a lot better than when I thought they'd be. I will openly admit yeah. that. And that's because Stetson Bennett looks like he heard all of the slander all offseason and turned into a dude. Yeah. Well, at least turned into the he best version is, of himself. He's always been a good player. Yeah. He's, uh, he's
0: completed 74% of his passes for 952 yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. Pretty impressive. Pretty good stuff. It's
1: going to be an interesting time to roll into the SEC because Bama's not slowing down anytime soon, at least it feels that way. Georgia is well, – like, what makes it interesting is less about Alabama – more about Georgia's about to enter into their era of their best football that they've ever played in school history. That's what makes it interesting.
0: Do you think – and I know we hear this every year, but I've heard several people say that that Alabama-Texas game is the first time where Nick Saban actually looked old and I – the feeling is if if they don't get it done or even if they do, like this honestly could be close to the end for him. You buy it at all or still have the same feeling?
1: I have the same feeling as I always do of, like, what is he going to do? Like there's some yeah. coaches where you could tell me, yeah, this might be the end. And I say, okay, yeah, I mean he wants to – do this. He has this interest. I just – I don't – I don't think Nick Saban could survive without the daily task of running a football team. So, I, right. I just I, – I, yeah, I, I, I don't see it.
0: I, I tend to be with you. Um, you know, I know ESPN wants him, and they've talked about that, and moving into that role on game day or whatever, and I think he, he would do an excellent job at that. He's actually got pretty good personality whenever he's not roaming the sidelines, but – my, I guess my, my real question is, is like, if, if Georgia, like, if it's real and this team continues to play like this and it looks like they're going to continue to play like this for the foreseeable future, is, like, does that force him out quicker if he can't get, over, if he can't get past Georgia?
1: I don't know. I, I almost feel like it will make him stay longer. There's almost like, yes, a worthy opponent, let's go. And in some weird way that that excites him more than it should be. How did he look old during the Texas game? I mean, it was 180 degrees that day. What what made him look old?
0: I think it was probably that. He just – he looked disheveled. He was – I don't know. I I can't really explain it other than just saying he looked old, like older than he typically looks. Maybe it was the lighting. I don't know. But – he, he, looked, he looked worn down.
1: Yeah. So, Bama's not slowing down anytime soon. Georgia's about to play their consistent best ball in school history. Um, Arkansas is – they're a top-ten team right now, and I think as long as Sam yes. Pittman's there, they're going to be one tough football team. LSU's a giant question mark. I don't think A&M ever gets to elite status. Ole Miss and Mississippi State, they are what they are. Uh, Tennessee is a bit of a wild card, but even like a Kentucky is going to be a solid team year in and year out.
0: Right now, you've got five teams in the top 11 in the Southeastern Conference. And the interesting thing is if you add Oklahoma uh, as what's going to be a future team, you got six. And uh, and Texas is a, is a top 25 team right now, so... Yeah, it it's it's going to be a different animal. It is. There's no doubt about it. But it's going to be fun, and I think it's going to make us better.
1: I uh, love that the new SEC schedule that was released did not include Alabama and Georgia playing next year. Least surprising thing ever, I know. But I saw a ranking of the uh, the toughest and easiest schedules, and guess who for the 15th consecutive year got the easiest schedule out of anybody in the SEC. That's right. The Alabama Crimson Tide. And I know that Alabama's schedule is easier than most because they don't have to play Alabama, but still, they get hooked up by the SEC seemingly every year.
0: Yeah, they don't have to play Alabama and they don't have to play Georgia. <laughs> they have which to play is, the best
1: three teams, basically. It just works
0: out great, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, um, that schedule will change. I'm not saying Alabama's going to play Georgia next year, but. Um, OU is going to be in that mix.
1: Yeah, though the the right. challenge that we're talking about definitely looks stiff, especially when we point out you know Georgia and what they're doing, and then Arkansas. You got to think you're going to play Arkansas most years, if not every year. All that being said, I feel a lot better uh, right now than I did a year a, a year ago when thinking about trying to be consistent in the SEC and what the blueprint needs to look like. They are much more yeah. SEC ready today than they were 12 months ago. And it's really not even remotely close.
0: Uh, I'm going to ask you a couple of uh, quick games. Neutral site, Oklahoma versus Arkansas. Who wins?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, OU by a touchdown.
0: OU Tennessee, neutral site. Tennessee's number 11 in the country.
1: OU by... 10. Number eight, Kentucky, neutral site. Owe by a touchdown.
0: Mini Venables versus uh,
1: the Georgia Bulldogs. Mini Venables versus the Georgia Bulldogs? <laughs> well, I, is I Miguel like Chavis coaching say- <laughs> the team now? Is, is that what's going on?
0: <laughs> well, I'm talking about the old uh, Mini Ditka. Uh, Bears win by 100 whenever they beat absolutely every team. and then. But if you throw a mini Ditka out there, it's yeah. actually a, a close contest.
1: So Who you got, yeah. Ditka or the Hurricane? Hurricane Ditka. <laughs> um, OU or Alabama? I'd, I'd take Alabama uh, in that matchup. Is that who you said, Bama or Georgia? I can't remember. I'd take both Bama and Georgia over OU right now. Yeah. But, like, but is Oklahoma OU the third best team in the else. SEC? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah
0: yeah and Alabama better get their their stuff together off to a for them what we would call a bit of a slower start um, because of that Texas game but I do feel like that's an anomaly they got Vanderbilt this week and then they're at Arkansas and then they have A&M at home and then at Tennessee like they've they've got a they got a fun two fun little games. run coming up after this. Bandy. Yeah,
1: the A and M game is going to be the easiest of the three. I think A and M might just lay down and you know take a beating there. At Arkansas is going to be a fist fight. I there ain't no doubt about that. They are Arkansas is not more talented than Alabama. There's a noticeable talent gap there, but Arkansas will get them into a uh, pretty physical football game. They're they're down. Yeah, to that.
0: and and I think I think. Arkansas is going to be coming off of a win over AM and I think they're going to be undefeated and that's going to be a that's going to be a big time atmosphere there in Fayetteville. That's going to be cool. All right, uh quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final segment next here from Pryor's Pizza Kitchen in Goldsby, Oklahoma.